Yo, and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? And if not, would you like to? <laughs> that sounds so creepy. You want to learn about a show? Yeah, I was giving off a real, real story man from Once Upon a Hamster vibe. So anyway, this week we're looking at Season 2, Episode 16, Musical Influences, first aired March 18th, 2005, written by Russell Cochran and directed by Phil Earnshaw. We get a guest appearance in this episode from Jake Epstein as Jackson. You may know Jake Epstein from his roles as Cam Dunleavy on The Zack Files, Craig Manning on Degrassi The Next Generation, or Brian Altman in Suits. He's also uh, more recently done a switch over to Broadway and has been doing more stage performing. Uh, his first major role being in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, the Spider-Man musical, um, and was also in Beautiful, the Carol King musical. So cool, cool switch for, for him. So we'll get to see um, him in this episode as a guest actor. Also, fun fact about this episode, uh, this is also one of the only episodes to have a dedicated Wikipedia page in which somebody has like very detailed written out the full synopsis of this episode jake epstein definitely edited this page like yeah 100 yeah probably <laughs> what up jake we see you no more drama no more distractions <laughs> from now on it's all about the music in our cold open for the episode lily and parker march into mickey's parker's wearing this amazing like blue i don't know like jumpsuit yeah big old big old like one piece jumpsuit and it's uh it's a delight. <laughs> and uh, Lily says, you know, she just wants to get over the whole boy drama and refocus things on the band. And so they decide to sign up for Mickey's open mic. And of course, as soon as Lily kind of turns around from signing up for open mic, she spots a boy at the entrance. And he looks to be a very sort of brooding type. It's our Jake Epstein character for the episode. And, uh, who is named Jackson Torrance. What a name. Because of course he is. What what an edgy boy. But he introduces himself as Jackson Torrance, or as Waller calls him, that attitude problem that just transferred here. So he's he's an edgy, edgy boy. They're playing his like emo music in the music room. Wow, Ray, it's really... What's a nice word for ugly? In this case, I think ugly is a nice word. It looks like in our B-plot, Ray's made this beautiful, awful rainbow paperweight, and he's talking about the fact that, you know, Grace is so artistic and talented, and meanwhile, he just makes awful-looking paperweights. And, you know, the boys suggest that maybe he should, you know, try and get into art appreciation a little bit, or show Grace that he's interested in, in art in some way, instead of just reading his comic books. (laughs) unlike travis who would never ask her about her art class oh my god yes that's right oh i've forgotten how we'll never forgive that we'll never forgive that for for as much as we've let go of travis like all of the roasting that we did of him in like that first bit of the show i will never forget the like scoff he does and ask her about her art class yeah now he's all about the art appreciation oh who who is this your story's straight He's completely done an about face. Ray's been reading this comic called Falcon Girl, and he says, I only read it because the main character looks like Grace. 
And then he gets this spark of an idea and somehow he has tracing paper in his book and he throws it over the comic book because he's going to trace the character of Falcon Girl, I guess, to give to Grace. You know, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm going to go. No, 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 no. It's cool. It's cool. Come in. I'm Jackson Torrance. So Lily finally meets Jackson Torrance in person and they have a bit of a... Uh, a sort of connection because he says oh we saw I saw you guys at Soundwave you guys were really solid if you want we should jam sometime and so we cut to Lily's basement where the band is practicing and they're kind of jamming out and Jackson's kind of like you know just taking it in we get the continuation of Megan just kind of whipping her drumstick at the end it's so and good. it almost hits him and we kind of get him jumping back um, but yeah, Jackson's just very kind of pensive the, the whole time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like he's having a, a great time with it. But Lily, after they're finished, asks what he thinks. And he says, well, you've really captured the ephemeral essence of the moment. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and then, like, he says to Lily, like, oh, Lily, you're so talented. But instead of playing the guitar, you should let the guitar play you. And he does, like, the whole sneaky thing where he's like, here, let me help. And he kind of, like wraps himself like he kind of comes up behind her and positions her on the guitar he's like how does that feel and she's like oh wow that's really great and parker and megan are like we're gonna leave but uh you know well we can stay we don't we wouldn't want anything crazy to happen (laughs) and we get parker kind of roasting um jackson i wouldn't want anything crazy to happen in the uh essence of the moment in Mickey's, Grace is typing away on a laptop in a cafe, which would be so fun. And Ray comes in. <laughs> I know that feel. I miss it. I miss it. Ray comes in and talks with her about this book report that she's working on. And, you know, she's talking about how Miss Mitchell's kind of giving them free reign to... Um, it's, uh, it's Frankenstein. And Miss Mitchell is kind of giving them free reign to... Um, reinterpret the story in a in a different format and a, a different sort of uh a narrative style and you know ray pulls out his drawing and he's like you know what oh i was just bored in math class and i was thinking about you so i drew you and he reveals his tracing that he's he's traced a falcon girl where he's like you know he's taken the face of falcon girl and i guess kind of put her in regular clothes and grace is like wow ray it looks exactly like me <laughs> Am I flying? No, no, you're not flying. You're uh, you're you're dancing. <laughs> it it is such an it, a strange awkward pose where it's like it's not like her arms are out. She's kind of like she's got both of her <laughs> hands kind of like her arms are belted bent at the elbows and her like she's kind of twisted, so her torso's kind of bent to one side. In no way does it look like she's flying. Yeah. Like it only looks like she's flying on the comic book because she's in the air. But yes, it it it's, it kind of looks like she's like. <laughs> very timidly gonna punch somebody yeah like eh, i'm gonna get you and uh grace is all like oh i didn't know you were such a talented artist ray and ray's like well there's a lot of talents i have that you don't know about so so far ray's looking like made himself look like a real renaissance man for all of five seconds i mean just being near you i can tell that you have the heart of an artist <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Lilyland, um, they're hanging out, her and Jackson, in her basement again. And I guess he's kind of helped her figure out some stuff with her guitar. And she does like a quick little, I guess, part of a, a song for him. And he's just there like, beautiful. And the song's not bad either. But he is like, he's such a sad boy. And he wants he wants to like project that onto her. He's like, well, the little pop songs you do with your band are fine. But like... 
you you could be a real artist and is very much like art is pain yeah and you need to write the sad music for me oh. the sad boy and totally and, like uh, uh oh the only person that matters is yourself it doesn't matter what your bandmates think you should only care about what's in your heart <laughs> yeah and he's like so what is in your heart and he does like a whole bit where like he puts her hand on her own chest but has his hand like on top Stop of it <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting um, yourself in the heart. And he's like, "What does your heart say?" And she's like, "Well, right now it's telling me to do this." And then they kiss. Ooh. Surprise. And he's all like, "Don't play the guitar, Lily. Let it play you." Are you kidding me? So Lily's fallen for sad boy, and uh, Parker's kind of recounting the whole thing for Robbie and Travis. And then she points out uh, Jackson off in the corner, and they're like, "Wait, where's Lily?" And like Lily's like hanging on him and stuff like that and she's she's got this massive leather jacket now which i guess is jackson's maybe but uh yeah they they walk over uh while parker's in the middle of roasting jackson <laughs> and she she tries to make like a, a nanny haynes cover up and lily introduces jackson to the crew and it seems like jackson is out travising travis because he has this like latin tattoo <laughs> and travis is like oh that means art for art's sake and jackson goes off on this whole spiel about making art and stuff like that and it's just like I, and i i would like to say hey it's a very ugly tattoo yes it's a bad font choice yes it is um, for, for what they're going for but b i also like i mean they're so young that I would like to think that this is a temporary tattoo. Oh, that's so true, Jody. Oh my god, yeah, because he's 16 But he's just, at like, continually most. replacing. Like, yeah, it's either a temporary tattoo or he whined at his mom, like, Mom, I have to get this tattoo. Will you sign this consent form? I have mom, to make can art I please go to Van's Warp Tour? Please. <laughs> that is so funny. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, like, he either got parental consent or it's 100% a temporary tattoo. Oh, which is... So good. It's a reminder that our lives are only temporary, and so we have to make the art that's in our heart. <laughs> it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Wherever I go, it always reminds me that my music always comes first. <laughs> At least until you're old and wrinkly. Then it'll just say, our Grace catches Ray in the hallway, and she's like, hey, I came up with a really great idea for uh, my, my book report that I'm doing. And it turns out... Her pitch is that instead of just doing a normal report, she's going to do it as a graphic novel. Oh, God. And she's so going to get fun. Ray to illustrate an entire graphic novel oh, for her. And no. it's, it's a, we get like a very extreme reaction from Ray. She's, she's <laughs> like, I just have to convince my boyfriend to do the drawings for me. And he just goes, blah. Yeah, he nearly <laughs> fucking chokes to death. <laughs> oh, oh. Which, I mean, fair. Like, even, even if Ray was good at art, that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of work so we get kind of a, a bit of ray and robbie banter over that um and he's like well i just gotta keep her convinced that i'm like some cool artist dude because uh, just how hard can it be i'll just go go to the library and read up on how to draw and he starts to walk away and robbie's like ray library's the other way it's a good bit <laughs> it's a classic it's a good classic. bit it's a good bit and then we get a whole like Jackson and Lily thing where Lily's like hey I'm sorry my friends can be so immature and Jackson's like that's okay they're just readers it's like what readers of the book of life <laughs> but you and I are the people who write the book write the book oh <laughs> this fucking dude this fucking it's, guy he sucks so much it's so bad it's so bad and it's like I know that 
at this age, I would have fallen for that too. I oh, cannot be mad at Lily. It's Seems true. So deep. I had a I had a major crush in high school who is exactly like a Jackson character. Like he was essentially Jackson. And I look back now and I'm like, no, stop, little <laughs> Sammy. What are you thinking? <laughs> what are you doing? Stop. Oh God. We get a montage of. Jackson essentially, you know, playing music with Lily in the music room. Well, she should be in biology class, but he's convinced her to skip. Oh, no. And then they're practicing. No Man's Land is practicing in Lily's basement. You can see Parker and Megan getting increasingly frustrated. But Lily's just over the moon with Jackson as Jackson appears to be ordering them about and trying to get them to make art and like the type of art that he wants. So it's just a bad time. This guy's a bad dude. Yeah, it's, it's a bad time all around. It's a bad influence on our very impressionable Lily. So Lily. We'll, we'll see how, how this shapes out. But I mean, given that he's a guest star, I'm assuming it'll all turn out okay. Yeah, it'll be fine. Do you love me, but I'm as humble as a bumblebee. So in this week's CanCon commercial break, we've got Vampire High. It's another supernatural teen series covered by me. Vampire High is a Canadian TV series that originally aired from 2001 to 2002. Basic synopsis is the show centered on a group of young vampires subjected to a daring experiment by the elders, taken in by a boarding school that also housed mortal teenagers with the intent of civilizing the vampires. When the great eclipse plunged the world into darkness, the vampire race erupted in a civil war. The bloodthirsty fury battled with the enlightened elders for domination of the undead. Many problems faced the students on both the day and night curriculum, including typical teen issues of love, friends, and enemies. Professor Murdoch was on hand to help them along with their schoolwork, but he too had problems that could put the lives of the teens in mortal danger. So basically, you've got this classic, like, fancy boarding school. You've got classes during the day for all the human kids and classes during the night for the five vampire kids. And, like, the human kids don't know the vampire kids are there, at least at first, because, you know, they start falling in love with each other and stuff. There's lots of typical teen drama. Is it um, like in Twilight when they don't know the Cullens are vampires, even though Emmett's just kind of walking in with a bag of eggs? <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch Twilight again. Like, just, like, it's just a, it's, it's, a, it's an enjoyable watch just because it's not... You can revel in how stupid the myth mythology is. I will is. stand by that Twilight is the best movie to watch with any group of people. Yeah. It is a people pleaser all around because it's either people that are nostalgic for it or people that genuinely enjoy it or people that, you know, are just so amazed by um, the the ridiculous nature of it. But uh, my, my favorite Twilight bit will always be that Emmett walks into the cafeteria with a full bag of hard-boiled <laughs> eggs and does nothing with them. He's just walking around with those eggs. I don't know how old those eggs are. Is he using the same eggs all the time? I'm a Just human. trying to blend in with a bag of eggs. <laughs> with my bag of eggs. <laughs> so all that to say, do. I really hope. Um, I'm only interested in Vampire High if there's a character who has a bag of eggs. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't peep any bags of eggs in what I was watching. Fuck. Um, the show is created by Gary Bly and Mark Schechter. Uh, Gary Bly's uh, been working in television for a long time. Uh, his career started in the 70s when he was an associate producer on the Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. 
And these days he works on a lot of TV movie docs and short docs. And somewhere in between, he ended up co-creating Vampire High. The other co-creator was Mark Schechter, who's worked on a lot of the same sort of stuff as Gary Bly. And this is a note from the Wikipedia page that Mark Schechter had the idea of the series during a night flight from Toronto to Cairns. At first, he wanted to publish the story as a comic. Later, he decided to film the series. Already, when the plane landed in Cairns, he'd written the first episode of Vampire High. Ooh. Oh, wow. Um, so, running through some of our main characters and cast, we have Jeff Roop as Drew French. He's a dark, silent, and mysterious vampire, and he's kind of like the leader of the, uh, the night students or the vampires. Let them fight their endless civil war with the Fury. I want no part of it. You're a vampire. You're part of it whether you like it or not. Well, I don't like it, okay? I've uh, been a vampire since the 1800s, and he falls in love with a mortal student at the school, Sherry Woods, who Drew believes is his one. I guess the Twilight equivalent of, I don't know, they do that thing where they imprint on people or something. But, like, she's apparently his soulmate. And Jeff Roop's been in tons of, like, sweet uh, Suits, Frankie Drake, Heartland, Regenesis, all your Canadian TV classics, oh, pretty much. Beautiful. Uh, Sherry Woods was played by Megan Ory. Where is he? One special person will rescue me from loneliness. And she's the mortal girl who falls in love with Drew. So they have this sort of doomed romance. Um, apparently at one point she decided to, she wanted to quit the show. So they had to write her out. So they give her appendicitis and she dies just before Drew can turn her into a vampire. <laughs> her, like, a, like her appendix like fucking bursts. And like, okay, it's I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> why? Why is it always in these kids shows that somebody gets fucking appendicitis and dies? It's always appendicitis. I feel like appendicitis and quicksand are two of the things that you like feel like right. are going to happen all the time when right. you're a kid. And, and I get I get that appendicitis can be a very dangerous thing. But yeah, it's one of those things that's talked about all the time to the point yeah. that I was like, I'm I'm amazed at this point in my life that I haven't had to get my appendix out. Any time, any single time that I have any pain in my torso, I'm like, well, that's oh, it. My, my appendix is about to explode. Yeah, it's fucking um, exploded. Um, one of the, the strangest um, pieces of Halloween media that I have a very specific memory of was the Halloween tree, which was this cartoon movie that aired on TV every year. It was uh, by Ray Bradbury, and it was narrated by Leonard Nimoy, and it was like this group of friends, and they go to their to like meet up with their friend to go trick or treating, and there it turns out their one friend had appendicitis and had to be rushed to the hospital, and the whole movie is like them they have to go around the world and learn about Halloween in different places in order to save their friend's soul. And at one point, he like he dies. It's he horrifying. dies from appendicitis, and yeah. I'm just and that Madeline Madeline opens with oh, her getting yes. her appendix out, like mm -hmm. fucking terrified of my dang appendix for so long. Me too. Why do we even have them? Why do we even have them? Jeez. But yeah. What's so the deal with the appendix? <laughs> what about my appendix? Jerry! <laughs> Jerry! Jerry, they took my appendix! <laughs> um, Megan Ori is probably best known these days for playing Red Riding Hood in Once Upon a Time. Oh! Yeah. She also yeah. starred in a Hallmark series called Chesapeake Shores, which looks pretty bad, but it is a Hallmark series, so that's kind of to be expected. 
Um, we have Alona Elkin as Meryl Young, uh, who's another vampire character. She's convinced that Drew is her one, so she gets super jealous of Sherry. In fact, there's some sort of weird implication that she might have caused Sherry's appendix to burst, but... <laughs> So teen drama. <laughs> you want to just burst in each other's appendixes. It, well, I mean, like Twilight. I'll keep using Twilight as, as my reference point <laughs> here, like but I mean, they, <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Um, they've they've all got different superpowers. What if one of them was just like very appendix specific? Yes. You know, Alice can see the future, and Jasper can like give you tonsillitis. <laughs> Uh, Paul Hopkins is Carl Todman. He's the newest vampire and he was like a popular football player and he's kind of still adjusting to be a, being a vampire and kind of getting control of his vampire urges, I guess, which is like the main reason why they're at this school or something. They're like, you vampires need to learn to be civilized so that the humans don't try to kill you. Um, a note that was in the Wikipedia page was that despite playing the youngest character, this actor was 34 at the time and he was playing somebody who was like in high school. So, <laughs> Oh, love that. New That's record. like my favorite niche of, of knowledge is like actors in their 30s playing teenagers mm-hmm. like Jackson on Hannah Montana or Cameron in Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen Cliche is Essie Rakamova. She's another one of the main five vampires. She's mainly doing a lot of horror movies these days including currently filming Galentine's Day Nightmare, which sounds great. Oh, um, wow. We have Joris Jarsky as Marty Strickland, who's another vampire character. Uh, Joris Jarsky, the most uh, prominent thing I saw in his credits was he uh, provides voices in Cupcake and Dino General Services. Cupcake and Dino, Cupcake and Dino. General Services. Uh, David McElrath as Dr. Reginald Murdoch, who's, he's like the headmaster of Man's Bridge High and the head of this experiment where they're like, we're going to make these vampires act like regular human teens and it's going to be fine. Any relation to Murdoch mysteries? You know, it'd be quite a, an undertaking, but it'd be interesting to try and like create a thorough line between the Canadian TV series to try and make them all happen in the same universe be interesting six degrees of murdoch mysteries and yes i i would like to confirm that um i believe the main character's name is murdoch mysteries yes like martin mystery mm-hmm. yep mr murdoch mysteries at your service um and then dylan vanderson uh played by marion farley is a student who basically kind of comes in to replace sherry's character after she her after her appendix explodes oh well, this was a fun bit of trivia on the page three of the characters have all appeared in episodes of big wolf on campus not really a surprise around the same time very supernatural we love it um in the notes section on the wikipedia page they actually do have like they do straight up comparison uh, compare it to the twilight series in terms of vampire lore so oh, hell yeah the camp uh, the vampires have to sleep in coffins during the day and are burned if directly exposed to sunlight there's no mention if they're repulsed by garlic or crucifixes or any other traditional way of warding off vampires. Also, as with Edward Cullen and the other vampires in the Twilight series, they can move faster than the human eye can follow and are much stronger than humans. Also, as with the Twilight and vampires... And they're Confederate soldiers. Yes. <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot about that. Also, as with the Twilight vampires, each vampire generally has its own gift or ability, such as Essie's gift of mind wiping, Marty's gift of telekinesis or Meryl's ability to read minds and apparently also explode appendixes. Although the vampires are immortal, this theory states that as the older they grow, the weaker and slower they become until they are eternally locked in a paralytic state. So 
I guess some 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 twists on the lore, but yeah, like they're strong and they move really fast. Like there's this whole thing in the first couple episodes I saw where Drew kind of gets attached to Sherry, and when he senses that she's like upset or in danger, we get kind of his vampire senses, and it's this weird POV thing where suddenly like the camera's like going like super fast through a room, and you're like, what the fuck's happening? Oh no. <laughs> um, so the show has mixed reviews. A lot of people love it, but some people find it pretentious, I guess. Um, I've got some IMDb reviews here. Uh, pretentious and Weird by Nick Celine One. Uh, this is from February 2009. The weird part being that I actually watched this. Not by any means can I bring myself to say that this series has any depth or offers excitement. It takes no risks plot-wise, and the characters seem to do what fits the story, rather than what fits with some sort of consistent personality. The main story is that five quote-unquote young vampires have been sent to a boarding high school to become civilized and learn to act human. Why I can't understand, since they act very human right from the start, considerably more humane than their living counterparts, the school seems to have one major staff member, the middle-aged, not very strong-looking headmaster, and yet not a single vampire ever does anything to even offend him. Even though they're five very fast and strong supposedly untamed bloodsuckers, when he shouts, they cringe. Even when they haven't been fed for 24 hours or so and become frenzied, bloodthirsty monsters, they go to their human, blood-filled headmaster to sit close to him and talk it over. Quite uncivilized and scary, huh? It's virtually impossible to take this series seriously, but it works very well as a relaxing background noise. The characters don't go through any noticeable changes between episode 1 and episode 26, so don't worry about missing anything if you just let this run while doing something else. And I mean... There's nothing wrong with a series being relaxing background noise, in my opinion. Some sometimes it's just what shows are. Although, yeah, yeah. there are there are some uh, people who really do love the show, like this reviewer who says one of the most stylish programs I have seen. Vampire High was and is one of the most stylish and intense programs that I have ever seen. Not only is it well written and well directed, but the general tone and setting is perfect. The way it delves into the characters and finds out more and more about them is indeed an exciting prospect. Never before <laughs> has a show to my knowledge looked so deep into a character to study them. The plot of the show is the characters themselves. They are the plot and their general mannerisms. <laughs> this show Have is so much- Have they never seen a show? <laughs> right? Like this is, I feel like they, they, they landed on Earth and this is the one show that they watched and latched <laughs> onto. Uh, this show is so much more than a vampire TV show, but a show that has a balance and the line between the characters and how they can cope with trying to be human. So yes, one of the most stylish programs ever. Wow. A great show for vampire lovers. I used to watch the show often before it was cancelled and was thrilled when it began to play again on YTV. Now I stay up at 1.45am until 2.25am just to watch that show. I think I'm losing some major sleep because of this show. Anyways, the storylines impressed me and something new always happens. I've always admired vampires for some reason, and although the show doesn't follow all the rules of vampirism, it's still an incredible show. One thing I wonder if there's more episodes belong the 26th one. If there isn't, I certainly wish there were more. I'm so disappointed because of that. Oh yeah, one more thing. Drew is drop-dead gorgeous. <laughs> and the last one I've got here is a Vampire High uh, review from November 2009. Vampire High is what I consider a fantastic show. There's so much potential in the show to make a mega show. It is unbelievable that it got cancelled at the time. 
Plenty of other shows have copied parts of its story, but none of them can compare to this show. There's something in it for everyone, a feast for viewers once they manage to capture one episode. I am so impressed with this that I have built a site dedicated to Vampire High under the auspicious eye of the creator himself, Mark Schechter. <laughs> he has also published his sequel to Vampire High on my site. So I would like to invite anyone who loves this show to visit the site, read the ebook Ma Vampire High the Mansbridge Experiment, and if you have any questions, ask them on the blog and get answers from the man himself, Mark Schechter. And this is actually what is listed as the official website for Vampire High. It's vampirehigh.co.uk. It looks like something out of like the late 90s, early 2000s. Wow. And it's wonderful. Like truly, it's got things that you wouldn't find anywhere else because co-creator Mark Schechter actually has contributed to this website. You can watch, uh, you can read through the season two ebook uh, which was, you know, published between 20, 2009 and 2014. So even the show, even though the show is 18, 19 years old, I guess it, content for it is still going. And there's like gallery, there's continuity errors, episode transcripts. Um, there's even like s stuff on like the history of vampires, I guess. This, this is just like the site that Bella went to when she was Googling vampires. Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's got, it's cute. Like, it's got, like, some interviews with different people in the cast and stuff. And as far as petitions go, I didn't find a change.org petition, but I did found, find one from ipetitions.com uh, that four people signed, and it was to bring back Vampire High. And the description of the petition was simply... Vampire High was an awesome show in 2001 that I watched when I could not go out and play. Found it again in 2013 on iTunes, which helped during a lot of late nights trying to get all my homework done to be able to graduate high school on time. I'm hoping that fans of the show and people that are now just getting into it will sign to bring it back to TV. I just, Aww. I always love people who are like, you know what, I liked the show. I'm going to start a petition to bring it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, especially shows like these where there's like, you know, it's so obscure. Like yeah, there's no there's, there's no fandom wiki. There's no there's not even any like Danny Smith webring level stuff for this one. Like there's a lot of people yeah. who clearly love it, but you know <laughs> the community yeah. isn't there for this one. Yeah. But yeah, that's Vampire High. It's I watched a few episodes of it. It's it's good fun, honestly. It's it's cheesy. It's I, I kind of see what the first reviewer is saying in it making good vamp uh, good background noise. So if you're looking for background noise or honestly just seeing, you know, one of the many, seemingly many, like, high school supernatural Canadian series that were out in, like, the early 2000s, uh, you can't go wrong with Vampire High, I don't think. So check it out. I'm question mark and I'm wondering, what makes an artist? Is it raw talent? a ridiculous tattoo or sheer desire however misguided so in the radio station ray's scribbling away he's got one of those like wooden little drawing mannequin things and question marks question of the day is what makes an artist and they're all chatting about you know what what makes art true art or what have you and ray's saying like well it's like it's like sports anybody can you know if you practice hard enough anybody can throw a ball and lily who is you know going into like full goth mode now gets all upset and says how can you compare art to a stupid game none of you are artists so none of you would understand 
and she storms out and they're all like what's going on with lily you guys hey man it's 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 good especially the frankenstein monster actually that's that's dr frankenstein the human then we get uh, a good glimpse into the progress that Ray has made on his uh, his sketches for for Grace, oh, no. and Robbie's kind of flipping through them and trying to be reassuring. <laughs> and he's like, "No, I, I I can see it. See, especially that one, especially Frankenstein's monster." And he's like, "No, that's that's Doctor Frankenstein." Oh. And like Ray's Ray's drawings, they're really not good. They're really not good. He like points to like one of those classic like you know when you draw a. Um, a bird and it kind of looks like a little m shape he's like that's a seagull i could draw that <laughs> <laughs> i did that one look at it yay but yeah then then we get um some more lily backlash of her practicing with the band and she's doing kind of like this very like dark broody oh, so slow song you're choking on the dust of a memory in the back parker and megan are going along with it but then they just you know, Parker plays like a fun bass lick and they start jamming out. And Lily's like, you, if you guys aren't going to take this seriously, why are you here? And, you know, Parker's thinking that she's joking. It's kind of playing it off and, you know, calls her out for basically just blindly following Jackson at this point. But they kind of get into a whole blowout over it, which um, ends with Lily saying, you know what, just go make your own band because I'm making art. I'm an artist. This is for real. Oh, and it's so sad. Parker looks so sad and heartbroken. And yeah, she and Megan are are left high and dry. And in fact, in the next scene, the first shot that we see is the No Man's Land poster because they'd made posters for the fact that they were going to be playing at Mickey's. And they've put a, a big old snowman in the middle where Lily uh, is on the poster. And now there's No Man's Land. <laughs> Travis catches up with Lily and talks with her about the fact that Parker and Megan are doing their own thing now. And... He confronts her about the fact that she's kind of becoming a Jackson clone. Like she's becoming this person who who isn't her. And it seems like, you know, Jackson's taken her place or something. And Lily, oh, Lily says. No, Travis, I think the issue here is that you have been replaced by someone else. That's right. I know exactly what's going on here. You're just jealous because Jackson and I are together because he understands me and you don't. Oh, it's brutal, man. Travis is just trying to like bring her to her senses, and she she twists the knife and oof. Yeah, it's bad. And times. especially after seeing that like little heartbroken Travis face at the end of the last episode, it's yeah. like, oh, oh, don't Travis, do that. Travis just trying to help. He's such oof. a small boy. What's up, Lily? Oh, nothing. Okay. Well, actually. So after after plunging the knife into Travis's heart, Lily goes to talk to Jackson and tries to kind of like <laughs> talk after to taking him about- out Travis's appendix. <laughs> yeah, after after she's exploded Travis's appendix, Lily goes to talk to Jackson to try and get some comfort and you know, she says, "Oh, my friends don't get me, but that's what's great about you." And Jackson's like, "Uh, yeah." And and what's great about you is you you get it. Some people really want to be committed or tied down. And you get that. that life's not about that. So essentially revealing himself to be a fuckboy, which we all kind of knew all along. But Sad boy, fuckboy. Lily's boys. finally realizing like that she's been sort of taken for a ride by this bad boy, sad boy. 
But she goes out into the hallway afterwards and sees Grace kind of angrily shoving Ray's drawings back at him, being like, are you serious about this? Because he'd been (laughs) lying about his drawing skills. And uh, Ray and Lily have kind of a short interaction in which Ray is like, I I spent way too much time trying to be something that I'm not, and I screwed up. And he walks away, and Lily's like, yeah, (laughs) I did too. And (laughs) how. But yeah, Lily uh, very much is like, yeah, I did too. So they they kind of come to, to that realization together. What's up? You missed my whole set. Yeah, that nail polish takes forever to come off. Later on in Mickey's, we see the whole gang uh, kind of separately hanging out. Uh, Robbie and Ray are sitting on the couch and Robbie's like, you know, it's it's fine. Grace Grace won't break up with you over this. It's it's okay. And then Grace comes in. He's like, wait, maybe not. <laughs> you know, Grace kind of stiffly is like, Ray, I've, I, I got a B. I got a B on the project. The teacher said it was inspired to make everybody look like monsters. <laughs> uh, and... You know, she she says she forgives Ray on the condition that there's no more lies and no more, you know, no more lying to try and impress her. Although she is very touched by the fact that he, you know, tried to get every art book possible to try and make her project as good as it could be. Um, Lily enters Mickey's and Jackson's there and he's all upset because I guess he invited he had invited Lily to check out his his music set and she missed the whole thing. And Lily basically you know she's kind of back to her old self she's wearing her usual lily attire the the big black jacket and eyeliner and stuff is all gone and she seems to be her bright and cheerful self which of course is not attractive to jackson at all so he's all like oh well you know what whatever and the crushing the crushing blow and lily doesn't give a shit and he leaves so goodbye goodbye jackson good riddance but you know what whatever okay whatever and then we just get her kind of final apologies first to Travis for, for what she had said. And he's like, yeah, you just caught it, caught up in the ephemeral essence of the moment. Um, you know, just making fun of what a douche Jackson was. Um, and he's like, well, it's not me. You have to apologize, too. And he gestures to uh, Parker and Megan on the stage. And they make up. And, you know, Lily goes to apologize. And Parker's like, hey, if it's apology, I don't need that. I need a guitarist and a singer. So if you could find one, send it my way. Um, And that's kind of how they make up. And they continue on with their set. And we just see the gang bopping around Mickey's as No Man's Land plays our episode out. One, two, three, four! Yeah, it's it's really cute. And it's it's a nice kind of breakup in the whole... Because, you know, all these episodes before have been about love triangles and drawn out relationship stuff. And even though this one's kind of like relationship it's it's a bit more of like a bit of a one-off episode. And it's just kind of a nice way yeah. to break up the flow a little bit, change up the energy. Yeah, very that. It's it's nice to have that kind of feel where this one like really doesn't have much consequence in the, long, the scheme of things. So after mm-hmm. the kind of heavy drama of um, the past stretch of episodes, it's nice to have just like, Oh, just just a fuckboy episode. Yeah, it's fun to dunk on this Jackson guy. It's, Get it's, dunked. It's a good, good show for your... Good episode for dunking. Dunkaroo. So over in Mickey's Discs, songs featured in this episode include Heartbreaker by Riffer and Dolls, You're So Sober by The Trues, and Countdown by 60 Stories. Don't go to sleep. 
Countdown by 60 Stories is from the band's album Anthem Red, which was released in 2002 by Smallman Records. They're a Canadian three-piece female-friended indie rock band from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Get some more Winnipeg representation here. Uh, they formed in 1999, released a couple albums. Uh, they toured they toured North America and Europe in 2004, and then they broke up not too long after. So they were together for about five years. Um, they've apparently done some sporadic work together here and there but yeah just a, a, a fleeting Winnipeg indie rock band who made it onto the coveted RFR soundtrack and uh, you can listen to all their stuff I believe on Spotify if you're not already you can follow us on social media you can find us at podcast free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or pod free Roscoe on Twitter you can also send us an email let us know what you think of our show what you think of the original show, any of the CanCon stuff, um, feel free to send us a note or send us a voicemail if you'd like and we'll put you on the air. We're at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe, signing off. Mm -hmm.